time. So we'll take this up to half past, a little bit more on holidays, and then we will cross the Irish Sea and try and... Try and I don't know what we'll do. Find some positivity, but I'm just going to refute the allegation that everything went a bit Alan Partridge during my conversation with Nick about roller coasters and theme parks. He goes, when Nick came on, James, this is from Lorraine, when Nick came on, I almost rolled my eyes at his opening comments. Then I understood what he meant about the influx of pandemic podcasts. You and me both, actually, Lorraine. By the end of the call, I was absolutely hooked, and I've now lined up his podcast to listen to later. Um, that's lovely. That really is lovely. And, uh, and, and this as well is from Ivor. Is That's the closest I've been in months to feeling like I'm back in the pub, James. Listening to you, enthusing about, enthusing about theme parks with a bloke who's literally writing a book about them, about Disneyland. Quality radio. Thank you, Ivor. I really loved that as well. It's funny, isn't it? That, that small talk. Something we probably should do a little bit more of, but... um. Welcome to Disney Parks and Beyond, a Disney podcast about theme parks and all things Disney from the After Dark Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Disney Parks and Beyond. I'm Nick, and on this episode I am joined by uh, Ryan. Hello. Mr. D. Hi there. And P-Dubs. Hello. How are we all doing? Good, good. Doing good. Feeling slightly less locked down. Yeah, uh, yeah, actually it's a good point. We're we're recording this episode on the, the first day... Uh, of uh, England's lockdown restrictions being slightly lifted. So uh, I didn't venture out into town today. So I've got no idea if people were queuing for six hours to get into Primark or not. But um, I know that was certainly the scene in some parts of the country. So that'll be that'll be interesting. But um, but yeah, that was... Um, that was uh, a, well, we're still getting used to it, I suppose. It's been a, it feels like it's been so long this time, doesn't it? It's the weather as well. It's the weather. Yeah. Yeah, that is... We've been locked down for most of the winter, haven't we? And I think that's... Yeah. We've kind of seen a whole season come and go. Yeah. 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 I mean, what what was it before? It was um, March till what? May? June? No, June. It was June. I think this one was slightly longer because it was 23rd of March. I want to say it was like the 17th of June. So it was almost three months, whereas this one has been probably three months, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But the yes. weather, the, the weather last in the first lockdown was really good. Like unusually yeah. good for March. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. Whilst we're still getting snow in April, what what is going on? I know. Um, Pub Gardens open today and it starts snowing. Yeah. Yeah. I did see um I saw a couple of pubs open when I went out to uh pick my dolls up earlier, but um yeah. Otherwise, um, I've not I've, I've not seen how manic it is in town. But I know I was down there um, going to the supermarket on Saturday, and you know some of the shops obviously had staff in kind of readying things for the Monday. So yeah, yeah let's. Uh, the town yeah. I live in was was very busy today. Okay. Really busy. And at nine o'clock this morning, I was telling the guys before we started that nine o'clock this morning there was a massive queue for barbers, for hair, you know, hairdressers. Yeah. It was like, well, the place was packed inside, so the hell was social distancing. 
Yep. And there was probably about 20 people lined up at 9 a.m. this morning. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know some are opening like at six o'clock this morning because mm. uh, they knew they were going to have a busy day. So, yeah, yeah, I completely get it. And he's, you know, I've decided to just grow mine out. I just can't bother. Mm. I, I could have done that last year when I was in lockdown, but no, this is this is the time I decided to do it. So we'll we'll see. Um, yeah, so no Craig tonight. He is uh, he's got an early start tomorrow. And um, Sinead, I don't I don't want to spoil what Sinead's doing, but uh, if you've listened to the Mickey Waffles, she probably hints at it on there, and then I, I I think she'll she'll talk all about it on the next episode of Mickey Waffles. So uh, we'll hopefully see both of those uh, guys back next episode but uh it's been a busy few weeks so we should really start as we mean to go on i suppose and ask what everybody's drinking so mr d i'll come to you first what are you drinking so i'm still working through my crate and it is literally a crate of fever tree lemonade that i bought by mistake thinking it was tonic that was getting a really good deal and it was actually lemonade (laughs) So it's a lemonade, a whiskey and lemonade still. And there we go. Nice. Pop that one. Uh, P-Dubs, what are you drinking? I have got a, a Kenko Americano to keep Ooh. me going. Well, how late do you think we recorded? We're not doing Discover DLP after this. We've done that last week. No, no, but this is this is my second of four podcast, podcast recordings this week. I'm taking the Nick, Nick route. <laughs> the Nick route <laughs> of doing nothing but podcasting. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Ryan, what are you drinking? I've got a casual pail from Unbarred. Unbarred. I, um, I've just got my usual. Um, I've not gone flashy, but uh, since we last got together, I did uh, manage to buy myself one of those grapefruit beers from Epcot. What are they called? Oh, yes. Oh, and you mean the orange can, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've, got, I've got a cup in the fridge, actually. Shop and high for or something, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and everyone goes mad for it. So, um, yeah, I, I've never tried one when I've been out there, but uh, it was in my local ad store. Of course, other supermarkets are available, and um, it was on sale as well. I think it was like one pound, one pound ten for the for the can. It was only a three thirty mil can. Um, but I'm not a big fan of grapefruit, but it was really really nice. The only thing I will say though is I think it's like two or two point five percent alcohol. Yeah, it's like two and a half, I think. It's I mean, what's the point? What is the well, point? I, I had a similar thing. It was my my birthday actually, and I got myself a couple because I was like, oh, I'll pretend I can be an Epcot <laughs> and saw the percentage of it, and then thought, there is no way I'm spending nine dollars on this again. No, how can they how can they justify charging that because because normally or at least over here when you're buying pints they charge by the um i'll start that again um they, <laughs> they charge for beer over here they normally or generally charge by the alcohol content don't they yeah so yeah. like if you go in if you go to uh a craft beer festival or um trying to think where else you might go like a brew dog goes to a brew dog pub and they've got those slightly stronger beers or stouts. You can only buy them by the half measure or, or by a certain amount. And obviously they're, they're charged accordingly. So the, the fact that two thirds. Yeah, the, the fact that they 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 the fact that they actually charge that for it 
and then you know i i don't understand how they, they can justify it because you you know that's the same cost of a five six percent lager or, or ipa so i don't understand how they justify the price but they, you know well whatever this is the same company that charges nine dollars for a stella yeah but stella's you know what five percent five point five something like that yeah but it's still know. stella isn't it oh yeah i'm not like yeah i'm not i'm not, I'm not you know um, it's called Schoferhofer. That's what it is, Schoferhofer. So that is a grapefruit beer. So yeah. Uh, so look, buy it. It's really nice. It's I find you know it's very fruity. When you get, when you get a lot of these kind of IPAs and beers that say they they they're like fruit based, I don't think they taste that much like the fruit. But this one actually does, and it's quite nice. Um, but yeah, it's two point five percent. So you know buy double the amount you think you'd normally drink yeah drink drink about 15 of them and you'll be fine exactly um yeah so so uh i'm not drinking that tonight as i said but that is what i will uh i'll buy some more of i was just disappointed the alcohol content that was that was all um before we crack on the news um hello to anyone new listening uh last week and i'll put a little clip in the show i um made a little appearance on the radio and uh it uh it, it got some attention and um had lots of people asking about who we are so um if you're now listening to this following that then uh welcome and um i think we've said this before but like every episode could be someone's first you don't you never think of it like that when you've been doing it for nine years but this is very much true of, of these next few episodes so be on your best behavior I think that's what I'm trying to say. Oops. I mean, as, 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 as much, as much, yeah, as much as we can anyway. Um, but yeah, we've, we found out what everybody's drinking. So let's go and have a look at what is going on uh, inside the parks. After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com. The home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.hhnunofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Okay, so does anybody particularly want to go first? I will go first. Oh, thank you for putting your hand up. Uh, so, Mouse Gear is no more. It won't mm. be returning. Mm. Um, the new centerpiece shop of Epcot opening this summer will be the Creations Shop. Ugh. <laughs> it's so generic, isn't it? The Creations yeah, it's, Shop. It's it's yeah. World of Disney in Disney Springs bland, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it says a bold and sleek design that creates a perfect <laughs> showcase for the rich variety of items you'll find as part of your Epcot experience. This sounds like they're going Disneyland Paris. Second, there's nothing. I mean, I've only seen the artist's impressions, so unless I'm missing something, and there's actual photos from inside it, which I don't think there are. Right, no. I've not seen it. So there, there is absolutely 
nothing bold about the design of it. It just no. looks like the temporary one they've got at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, it says apparently they've taken um, inspiration from Mickey as they designed the whimsical space. <laughs> well, I want to know. Well, it was called Mosky, yeah. So yeah. it was inspired by Mickey before. Yeah. Well, who's, who had a problem with the mouse oh. gear name? No, I, I'm, I'm going to call it mouse gear forever. forever yeah, it's, it's I mean, going to be like the same MGM, point, isn't it? And it sells the same stuff. Yeah, it's like, let's yeah. go to mouse gear. What? Yeah. Oh, you mean yeah. the creation shop? No, yeah. I mean mouse gear. <laughs> and then we'll get on the bus to MGM Studios. I, I have to draw yeah. a line there, I'm afraid, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the more exciting news is that Club Call is returning. Yeah, so if you're looking for the only place to be able to have um, Beverly. Yep, so if you want to take the Beverly Challenge, that will also be returning this summer. Yep. Have they confirmed that that's returning? The, uh, Club Calls, yeah, yeah it's in the, it was in the same yeah, press release. Back. Oh, C- Club Calls definitely back, yeah. but Beverly itself. Uh, oh, Beverly will be back. We know it will. It's well, the whole so. reason it exists. <laughs> well, I've got to be honest, I think you're right, because as far as I know, they don't sell it in Italy anymore. No. So I think Club Court is the only place in the world to, to now have it. Yeah, I'm not sure if I, the store in Disney Springs does. I don't mm. think it does. I, I, but my view on this is I think they're going to be charging you for this now. Probably. If they can do it in Disney Springs, they're going to do it at Epcot. Yeah, and I'll use COVID as a good excuse. Mm. For those those lovers of Club Call and the sticky floors. Yeah, I... Um... I remember mouse. I, I'm sure I bought some vinylmations in mouse gears. I'm, I think that might have been the the place in Epcot to buy vinylmations, if I remember correctly. At the height, you know, obviously. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking uh, that was about. a big place. Yeah. Yeah. Mouse gear. Yeah. Everything in there. Yeah, I was going to say mouse gear was my favourite shop in Disney World. I have to say. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, let's hope it's still as good, even if it's got a different name. I wish they'd bring back the old ice station cool or or something similar. I don't know if you guys remember it, but it was it was much more themed. It was like ice station ice station zebra, but it was Coke. Oh no, I've never heard of that. So I don't know what this is. So what's Ice Station Cool? So Ice Station Cool was was the thing that was there before before Club Cool. And you would go through it at like an entrance. It was like Ice Station Zebra. It was like a play on Ice Station Zebra, the old movie. And you, you would go through these plastic curtains and you'd go from like 95 degrees, 100% humidity into what was basically a walkthrough freezer. And it was like inside a, an ice base and there were different static uh, scenes. And one of them was like a caveman who was in the snow, lying in the snow, behind behind glass. It was like he'd been frozen there during the Ice Age, but he had a bottle of Coke in his hand, and then it was for various other things. And at the end, uh, that's where you, you came out into the shop, and that's where you got like the free Beverly samples and all the other samples. But it was, it was a much cooler place, but, I mean, environmentally unfriendly, probably expensive to run, and et cetera, et cetera, so... Uh, I'm pretty right, sure right? when that went away. What What is Disney doing with theming? It just doesn't make any sense because they're bringing as much Disney into Epcot as they can with basically every attraction, every show now featuring characters. But the chance to really 
the finer store by its characters, and they seem to have just gone all generic on it. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I mean, I I think the feel the the theming at the moment, just in general, just seems to be a bit all over the place. You know, I mean, Epcot especially is just a mess. That's I want to see some photos of that though. That sounds like a really yeah. interesting place. I will. I'll send. I'll put something in the group. Um... They still got that that little place that's just off a test track, haven't they? That's hardly ever opened. Yeah, well, where you've got like the sort of mist sprays and that sort of thing. Yeah, and there's like a car cool. there, and yeah, you can buy coke and stuff like that. Yeah, A Station Cool closed two thousand and five, and then Club Cool it closed June two thousand and five, and Club Cool opened on. October 2005. So it only took him a few months to rip it out and start again. So what happened in the in you know the 15 odd years of Disney being able to do stuff in a matter of months over years? <laughs> well, mm. I mean that's the thing. Like you know, what was from what you can remember at least, you know, was yep. this place like shaped like Ice Station Zebra? I mean, Ryan right now is like, what the hell is an Ice Station Zebra? But um, yeah. You know, was it was it shaped like that, or was it was it very similar to how Club Cool looked from the outside? It was just it was thing differently inside. It was it was I think it was the same location. It was very close to that location. It was by the fountain, but it was completely different. It wasn't just a shop. It was a kind of walk through mini attraction. So there were, it was very much themed like the Arctic or the Antarctic. You know, there was like a big snow cat in it. And, you know, there were these little little scenes. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't massive. It was, but it was more themed than Club Cool. Yeah, um, and it was just a, a sort of fun mini attraction, really. Yeah, that sounds good. It sounds, yeah, it was, it sounds it was good. pretty good. But yeah, I think I think Ryan, you 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 you've got a point. Do you know what I mean? You're you're um, you're raising an interesting question, and not for the first time that we've discussed this kind of thing, but really what are they doing when it comes to yeah. just designs of stuff the thing they can still i think the frustrating thing is you look at some of the stuff that they've done recently so like obviously we're getting tron over in in magic kingdom now um which was originally built for shanghai and, and also obviously with the pirates the caribbean attraction they've done over there but everything else they seem to be toying with at the moment just seems to be like really bland and generic and, and, and it almost feels, yeah and it and it feels like it's done on the cheap like gone are these days of trying to innovate and you know like the most impressive ride technology has been has been over at universal for a long well, time now yeah i you know I, I saw a few photos the other day where someone had compared the same amount of time for velocicoaster like construction from start to finish then when they started work on the whole kind of future world area of Epcot, Epcot has basically done nothing other than take the buildings down, whereas Velocicoaster is done. And, then, and it's, you know, it's other... likewise in Paris. Yeah, exactly. The, the fact that we're seeing half-built lands that should be open mm. in, in two months, and you just look at it and you go, why is it taking you this long? It shouldn't be taking this long. And yeah, I know we've been through a pandemic and everything, but even so, 
surely that should make it easier in some sense because they're not having to deal with people coming in and out of parks and, and things like that. They should be ahead of the game. Well, you know, it's, it's so is Universal and they've managed to do it. Yeah. And with, and you know, as a company, probably with less money overall. And a completely new ride. It's not yeah. even something that's been built anywhere else. This is brand new. Whereas what Walt Disney World are doing is pretty much stuff that is elsewhere. I mean, the railroad in Magic Kingdom has been shut for well over two years now. Yeah, all because uh, and, of Tron. And that is just, it's just crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. They, they should be more on the ball at the moment than they are, especially with a massive anniversary only six mm. months away. It's, it's disappointing mm. that the only thing coming on October the 1st is a recycled ride that's been ready for 12 months. Mm. I have to say. You know, and I know they've got the, the window of 18 months now, which, you know, fair enough. We will probably see Guardians and Tron open in that window. But it's not what people, it's not what they were expect. We were all everyone was expecting for October the 1st. Yeah, you know, I'd argue and say the best thing that Disney's done over the last 12 months is a glass fountain and some flags at Epcot. They are nice, though. They are nice, to be fair. But yeah, I know, I know what you mean. And I, I suppose the other thing is, I mean, it's a, it's a massive anniversary, right? It's their 50th anniversary. It's it's a big one. And at the same time, obviously pre-pandemic, that it you know, you'd imagine all these big things planned. I don't just mean attractions opening, I mean, you know, parades and shows and, and all sorts to celebrate this. And we don't even know what we're gonna get for the like the fiftieth itself. Because everything is just so up in the air at the moment. Like Florida is you know, as as a state is quite open as usual. You know, certainly compared to how we are, it is very much business as usual. I saw uh, WrestleMania at the weekend, and that was held down in Tampa, and there was twenty five thousand people there. I think the stadium would have held about seventy or eighty thousand people. So you know, there were there were like a load of cardboard cutouts there as well. And, you know, they were, I know a couple of people that were there and they said that, you know, it was socially distanced and they, you know, had people in pods and, and stuff like that. But on TV, it just looked like carnage, like absolute carnage. So you would, you would expect Disney, but, you know, based on what they've been doing recently, at least in terms of, you know, being quite strict about the number of people that go in and how they do things. I don't think we're going to see like a big celebration. No, I agree. But I, you know, but I, I could be wrong because the whole, you know, the rest of the state is acting like this isn't a problem anymore. So no, and, we'll do and the vaccination. The vaccination program in America is going very, very well. Yeah, it is. Mm. But is that is that going to be enough? And that's, they, that's the big question. We, the, the world doesn't know. They'll be working at full capacity by by that point. Mm. From what they've been saying, they expect by the end of the summer that they will be able to open fully. Yeah. It's a nice idea, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this I mean, this was this was exactly not this 
particular angle of it, but this is why I was on the radio the other day because I was talking about traveling with vaccines and and, and everything like that, because th- th- I think the problem we've still got is we are, in fact, most of us on here now are vaccinated, right? Mm-hmm. We've got one yep. person who isn't, and it's not through choice. So, you know, don't don't write your letters of complaints in or, or support or whatever. Um, so in theory, after our second jabs, we would be, you know, hopefully be able to, to, to travel. The problem I see is that we don't know what other countries have got at the moment. And we don't know, you know, we don't know what like variants are, are there and around and if the vaccines that we have are going to protect us against those. So, um, you know, I, I, I just think it's too early to go back to full capacity. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't think they should be. That's not, well, that's not to this say is that... Chopak. We know, <laughs> we know his game. Yeah, but he's still playing a lot safer than than you know the governor of, of Florida, right? Yeah. You know, it, there, there is some sense there, but you know, I'm not saying people shouldn't travel um, necessarily. I think, you, but but at the same time, don't think that this is a silver bullet. Do not think that being vaccinated means that you you can't have you can't catch anything you can't you can't pass anything on or anything like that. You still gotta there's still gonna be some precautions in in place. You know, I'm you know contemplating Halloween Horror Nights this year like a madman for another long weekend, and I know full well that if I if I did end up going to that, that I would probably be in a mask all weekend. Mm. now the difference is is that i'm going for a few days i'm not going for two or three weeks like most you're talking about are. you're talking about a jason mask is that right yes yeah yes just just a, just a regular hockey mask um face, he's just gonna pull a bag over his head <laughs> to be fair some people have suggested doing that uh for me for quite a while um but but do you know what i mean like there's there's a big difference going there knowing the situation i might i might be leading myself into and also being conscious of you know probably having to be masked for the the weekend but people i'm speaking to are of the belief that you know they've had their vaccine so they'll be able to go uh you know late summer early autumn and masks won't be a thing anymore the, I have currently, um, as I said before, a trip booked for the 50th and fully, you know, am I nervous if it's going to go ahead or not? Of course. Am I expecting to wear masks? Absolutely. Would I be more comfortable in a mask? Absolutely. Um, fact, you know, I'm on the vulnerable list, so it does definitely make me nervous. Um, vaccinations definitely make me more comfortable, but, you know, like you, Nick, I know the science behind it. I know it doesn't make me invincible. Um, so there is, you know, I'm quietly optimistic about trips later this year happening, but I'm still very nervous about even thinking about getting on a plane, to be honest. So, yeah, got me today. I was just going to say, you know, talking about masks and the news, I mean, the Disney have already started to relax the mask policy. What a yeah. segue. What a segue. I'm glad we got onto this because. I thought someone was going to pull it out of the bag at some point, but 
So was it was it last week that the the mandate changed? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so you can now take your mask off for pictures outdoors, but then you have to put it back on again. Uh, you, yeah, as long as you're stationary. You have to be stationary, <laughs> and you have to maintain social distancing. But you can you can take your mask off. Um, I think you still need to wear your mask indoors when you're seated at the table waiting for your food. Yeah. Well, obviously, you can take off when you're eating because otherwise it would get pretty messy. But uh, it's it's the first stage of, of relaxing the mask policy. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be more on the back of that pretty quickly, I think. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them say, if you're outside, you don't have to wear a mask as long as you're socially distanced. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the next thing. You know, yeah. to a certain level, the science does does support that. I think the the difficulty is that people don't think when they're in. You know, we've all we've all been out there. We've all seen the crowds. We've all seen as soon as a character gets spotted, even when it, if, if it's in a small little parade down the street, um, which they're doing at the minute, um, people are not going to socially distance. So I think that's the problem with introducing that. But you know, in a normal you know, we do, we've done it in the UK for the last 12 months. There's no rule for wearing a mask outside. Yeah, but take it back a little bit from, from even that point, right? We've experienced it in supermarkets. Mm. Forget, forget what we're seeing in theme parks at the moment during spring break when, you know, some days they've, you know, both parks have, have reached capacity or, you know, Disney have certainly nearly meet, met capacity, if not, Exceed, um, not exceeded, but but reached it. Um, but you know, I, I've gone shopping a few times recently, and people are just, and they're wearing masks. That's the thing, right? So so they're wearing masks when they're doing this. They know that you know there's still guidance in place and what they should be doing. And people just crowd, crowding round other strangers and leaning across people to get to things because they can't wait for someone to move. And I'm just, I I I don't get it. Um, I've been very angry since the parks reopened at the odd people that have had photos taken, castle photos or, um, you know, character selfie photos or whatever, and they've removed their mask. And the reason why I've been so angry about it is because there was a blanket, you can't do this. And so it would annoy me that people thought, well, that doesn't apply to me. I don't like that. So I'm I'm not going to do it. Yeah, it's going to be one rule for Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I, I completely agree with you, Nick. I don't. I don't actually. I, I don't mind this relaxation, if I'm honest, hmm. because where where they're doing it or or how they're doing this, as far as I understand, because is, is this just is this just um, Carl? Uh, not well, the photographer spots, or is this just in no. general? In anyway. general, yeah. See, if it was just if it was just having your photo taken by um, one of the cast members, I'm I'm I fully I'm, I'm fully on board with it. If it's oh you want to take a picture like yourself, then you can do it. I'm I'm not quite so keen on that because I think that uh, that's too flexible for people to abuse it. Hmm. But for for having proper pictures taken, I can see the logic behind it because 
you would be able, you know, as they're taking photos for you, uh, for you know, to put on your magic band or whatever, they are obviously set up in a certain way, and they're going to make sure that you're you, you've got the right amount of distance between you and other people. So it's it's, it's kind of governed. So I'm, I I I actually don't have a problem with that, but I think what you said, Ryan, is is interesting about relaxing it outdoors. I think indoors when you're queuing up for attractions, absolutely you should should have them on. Oh yeah, and quite I frankly, you're in an air conditioned building, so there's no the problem you've got outside is obviously, especially in the, the height of summer, is how hot it gets and how uncomfortable that might you know start to get after a while. But in an air-conditioned building, that's not such a problem. Um, uh, there's, there's no excuse indoors, really. But, I mean, it, it is a tough call. And I can see why they've not made it yet. But, you know, if, if they were to manage the social distancing side of it, I could definitely see it happening over the summer outside. It's just how do they how do they enforce the, the social distancing outside aspect? That's, you know, when you're queuing up for, you know, to get food or to, to go on an attraction, you've got markers on the floor. So if you want to be ignorant and ignore, ignore that, then that's that's obviously someone's prerogative, but then a cars member could, could pull you up on it. But when you're just outside walking about, you know, with lots of other people, how, how do they govern keeping your distance? Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? But yeah. They're doing it, they're doing it now. It just makes it harder for the cast members. It'll be the cast members that suffer. Yeah. And then the cast members will get to the point where you know they're just they're just sick of it and they and they'll back off them and they won't they won't enforce it unless it's absolutely blatant or unless there's a manager standing looking over their shoulder. You know and, and I don't blame them because you know if, if people act responsibly and do the right thing then it's great. But you know there's always going to be a small percentage of people that think they're they're better than everybody else and will abuse it and then the cast members it may only be a small percentage, but when you've got a large number of people, that means the cast members are pretty much constantly having to tell people, you know, to socially distance or, you know, don't don't walk with your mask off or whatever. And, man, that's going to wear you down as a cast member. That's going to wear you down pretty quickly. Absolutely. You know? And the thing is, going. And I don't want to talk about WrestleMania too much because, obviously, this isn't a wrestling podcast. And also, I, I want to forget it even happened in a lot of ways. Um, but I was talking, I was, I was, um, messaging Logan cause he was there about it. And I was saying, look, it's, it looks horrendous on TV. Please tell me it's not actually that bad there. And he's like, no, like, you know, and he was telling me about the distancing thing. And he was like, you know, you can have it. Cause I, I saw a lot of people in the crowd with their masks off or their masks down like under the chin or whatever. Yeah. And he said, yeah, like basically if you've got a drink, then obviously you don't have to have your mask on. So I've read that, and certainly from what it looks like on TV, that basically, if you're holding a drink, you can have your mask off because you're drinking. The fact that it might take you an hour to finish that bottle of Bud Light that you've got is neither here nor there. Do you know what I mean? And that was the that was one of the problems initially when the parts opened that they had, didn't they? Was that people walking around with coffees? Yeah, I think that's why they had to just go for a blanket rule and to be you know all credit to disney you know i think from what i've read and seen and you know they've they've been pretty tough on it they've enforced it pretty strictly i think i think now is a difficult time for them but 
I would imagine that Disney have got to stay somewhat in pace with the rest of society. You know, they can't be mm. they can't be racing ahead of the rest of society, and they can't be way behind either. They're, they're going to have to keep keep abreast of what's going on in other places. I mean, you were saying WrestleMania. Well, I was watching the Masters last night, and it was exactly the same. You know, there was a limited crowd there. Most people were wearing masks, but it was quite obvious that it wasn't everybody. And the people who weren't masks wearing masks actually had a mask on, but it was pulled down, and probably for the same reason that you know they probably they probably got a drink or claiming they've got a drink. Um, and it was maybe I don't know ten percent. Um, so yeah, I think. I think Disney are going to be under pressure to keep pace with the rest of society. It's weird because I, I do feel a slight sense of dread even thinking about travelling outside of my town um, at the minute, considering I've not done so. In, well, I, I did actually, I did venture into Brighton, which is quite close to me, um, kind of the back end of last year. But I can understand why that, you would dread travelling there. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, outside of that, I've not been outside of my town in in yeah. twelve months, and weirdly, the thought of going to Disney World doesn't scare me as much as the airport and getting on a plane because I know actually from talking to lots of people that have been to Disney mm. and have been to Universal in, in credit to Universal as well, they have handled it as well as they can do for a theme park during the pandemic. It's, it's interesting what you're saying there, though, because I. I went into town today, first day that shops were opened and, you know, cafes for, cafes have been open for takeaway, obviously, but now some of them have got tables outside mm. things like that. And and so time was massively busier than it has been for three months. And it is, it is weird. I mean, I'm not a particularly sensitive soul, really, but you did feel slightly, I don't know, anxious being in in the middle of a crowd of such a lot of people really yeah. i think i think we've been conditioned mm. you know to to live in lockdown and now it's going to take a little bit of time probably not that much but just a little bit of time to get used to crowds and people walking around and being close to you and things like that because it, with the best world in the world you know town was so busy today that social distancing was was pretty difficult and uh yeah, I think we've we've become slightly um, conditioned by lockdown and social distancing. It's going to take a bit of time to unwind that. I think this is the difference with us and like, you know locals in Orlando, right? Because that state hasn't been in the same situation that we have for the length of time that we have. So, I think it is more jarring for us looking at it thinking this is madness what what are people doing why why are these things going on in the way that they are but as you say we've we've become conditioned to a certain extent mm. and and you know obviously there are very vocal people about you know how bad that is and i'm not saying that the arguments aren't without merit but at the same time we were in the middle of a pandemic of which you there's no other way of of hiding it people died from this right they did my dad died from it so you know we and we all know people that have been affected in 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 various ways whether that's through the loss of somebody or um you know getting really bad 
symptoms to the to the point they were you know in hospital or still suffering months and months on so i i think that you know a cautious approach is a good approach to have but it is as you say it's going to take some time for us to get back to that normality you know like i've i've now the, the rules have been relaxed on seeing people and ryan i know you're in the same position with this um yeah. you know going to see people again that you haven't seen for you know the best part of a year um it, at first it's a little bit strange because you're not used to it <laughs> but it soon it soon kind of goes back to how it was you know not long it, it didn't take me that long to not feel uncomfortable uh around people again but it's still you know just just all of these changes coming back into play is going to take a bit of time so it's it's interesting we'll see uh we'll see how it develops but ryan was there anything that uh took your eye in the parts that you wanted to talk about yeah a couple of things um one just wanted i don't to think i asked for a couple of things i think i just asked for one i'll let you have two <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> um one is the food and wine festival at epcot mm. um returning i think it's the earliest we've ever seen it july the 15th um through november the 20th this year i mean epcot is basically just a festival park now um uh, we've We've said this before, like it's 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 pretty much non-stop festival. It's yeah. there's literally one week between each one. Yeah. So they can change the signage and that's yeah. it. <laughs> I, and change some of the food offerings, obviously. They do, yeah. I know a lot of people have a problem with it, but I mean I genuinely don't I don't I generally don't mind it, if I'm being honest. I think each festival offers something quite unique and, and pretty pretty decent. I think the festival of the arts that happens in in January, I haven't seen it myself in person yet, but I think it looks pretty cool. Flower and Garden Festival, I've been to several times. There's always been great. Food and Wine Festival is, is usually the time of year I'm out there. Always enjoy it every year. And I was I was gutted to miss the um, the holiday festival um, by basically, as Peter said, a week um, on my honeymoon. But yeah, I I don't really have a problem with it. I know people people tend to like what they call Diet Epcot. Um, <laughs> But I, I, I like the festivals, and I, I don't really have an issue with it running for, for as long as it does. It's a popular festival. It brings Disney loads of money. And, yeah, it's expensive food and drink, but it's generally pretty good food and drink, and I've tried lots of things on different cultures that I wouldn't have done before. I don't... It's different to every every other park. Yeah. Y- yeah. Yeah. Very different. I just think... I just... I agree. I mean, I really like it, and I think it's great. I think it's good for Epcot. But I, I don't think if it's going to be a festival, they have got to have gaps between them. Right? Yeah. Even if it's only a month and they've got to change up, you know, the booths and things like that to make it an event. That's that's my only kind of beef about it, you know. And there's um, definitely going to be beef at some of the locations. That's... Or, or beef substitutes. <laughs> yeah, lots of substitutes now, actually, which is great. Yeah. Well, we'll talk yeah. about those in a bit more detail. I mean, I, I think that, that's an interesting point, Mr. Day, about that. Because for me, I mean, I mean, firstly, I've only ever been to Epcot during food and wine festival season because of the times of year, year that I would go. So I've not seen Epcot without these things. But the one thing I would say generally about the my experience with the festivals being on when I was there is that I didn't feel they um, they they took over any any space in Epcot. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think, you know, it sets up obviously booths and, and things like that, but I don't think it dampened the experience of Epcot. Yeah, well, the no, only thing, it... I, I was just going to say, the only thing I would say to that is I wouldn't feel comfortable taking my daughter on a Friday or Saturday night. Yeah, but then that's the same going to Brighton, right? Yeah, but I mean, Epcot's not Brighton. <laughs> Well, no, I suppose well, it is. It is on a Friday, Saturday night during food and wine, but yeah, it hasn't got a pier. That's true. Um, no, or penny machines, but no, it's it's a good point. But what you what you were saying, Misty, I think it's quite interesting, and I think, I mean, the problem here, uh, and Ryan, obviously, will ask you about the menus in a minute, but this is running from the fifteenth of July till November, so that means that that's going to be what you can get for that whole period don't change the menus up whilst mm-hmm. what i think and maybe i'm putting words into your mouth mr i don't know but what they should do is do two months at a time maybe three months tops absolute tops um and then change the offerings that that and actually have significant gaps between the festivals because in this case i i don't know when Flower and Garden finishes, but it, it pretty much runs right because Flower and Garden, I think, is a bit longer this year as well. So mm, yeah. you're going to have almost the whole year where you've got a festival at Epcot, and and it isn't a festival. Then you know what I mean. The whole kind of point of a festival is it's a short, discreet thing, you know. And it does make Epcot World Showcase in particular. It does make it significantly busier. I mean, I know what Ryan's saying. I mean, I've never, I've never seen any trouble, or I've never really seen any problems. But the potential yeah, is agree. there because the potential is there because you've got a lot of people packed in together, and you know, a fair few of them have, I've had a couple of lemonades, and I don't mean lemonade, um, and are a bit merry. So mm. there is the potential for something to to happen or kick off. So you've you've got to watch if you've got young kids. Um, it is more of an adulty type thing, um, but yeah, for me the the point is just don't don't make it one continuous festival because it isn't really a festival then. You know, do you do you think then would you be happier with food and wine season? Yeah, a food and, and wine season, and, and okay with flower and garden. I mean, and okay with festival of the arts, but but have you know at least a month or two between them, you know, and and have different offerings. At each one so you know flower and garden is different from food and wine it's different from festival of the arts you know different countries different different offerings that's well, that's I mean, what i would like to see I w- immediately I w- flower and garden should be a vegan festival right because everything can be made from plants they do have a lot of to be fair they do have a lot of vegan options across of both yeah. the flower and garden and food and wine now and i have been mm. quite impressed with how that's how far that's come in the last even two three years yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, likewise, especially with, you know, my own kind of requirements. But mm. um, yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah, what I, I think turn them into seasons and each season lasts two months, because if they lasted three months, then that wouldn't work out. There'd be no gaps. But if you did a two month uh, season, that way you could cram them in and get a gap in between as well, couldn't you? Why is it? Well, so the, the Flower and Garden Festival finishes on July the 5th and then Food and Wine starts on the 15th. 
Yeah, so you got um, ten days. That's that not, as Mr. Diesel. That's, that's not a, that's not a that's not a, a break. No, it's not at all. And that's I think just to change the booths over, that's not. Yeah, no, it, it definitely it definitely is that hundred percent. Yeah. So Ryan, what's happening then? What what have they got? What have you seen that's piqued your interest? Well, that's that's kind of where we're at, at the minute. The, the four menus haven't been announced yet. Um, I don't suspect there'll be many changes. I think the the interesting thing is that they've dropped. They seem to have dropped the taste of this year, which means we we do seem to be getting the full festival, which we didn't get last year. But I guess the point, like, I'm wondering if they're doing this with all the festivals at the minute, because why else, as a local, would you go to Epcot? Um, there's nothing new there until Ratatouille. I'm wondering when they open Ratatouille, when they open Guardians, will we see some of these festivals maybe get a bit shorter? Perhaps not, but they're not going to struggle with capacity when, when Guardians opens, that's for sure. It's, it's extended food offerings, though, isn't it? The, I, you know, I'm not saying it stops people going to restaurants, but you will get people that just go to the, the booths and not yeah. then have a table service meal. It's a shame because so. I, I I genuinely think that Epcot's got the best sit down restaurants on prop, on property for yeah for its theme park at least. Well, it's yeah, the it does. Park that's got the most, doesn't it? It does, yeah, and it's, yeah, it's got some howlers, but for the most part, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, but Ryan, you're you're overlooking the the one new major attraction in Epcot, the Creation Shop that we talked about earlier. That's going to pull true. in. They're that's, coming that's, in droves for that. Yeah, you, you well, you just wait till them off with a stick. It would be like day right one. mark on the day that they opened. <laughs> no, you know, no, you know what it'd be like. It'd be like that cookie shop in Springs. Yeah. Gideon's, oh, Gideon's, yeah, yeah, fifteen hour. The queues. longest queue in Disney World. Yeah. I can't. I still can't believe that. No, oh, I can. People love a cookie. I mean, um, they, do, they do look good. To be fair, they look awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not the only shop in Orlando that they've got. Just go. To no, they got one. In, yeah, they but, got one in Winter Park, and they're yeah, cheaper. The cookies are cheaper. But it's not Disney, is it? It's not Disney. People have to buy it at Disney. (sighs) Otherwise, their vlogs won't contain the right stuff. I saw one vlogger had some sent from Orlando to California. Oh, for goodness sake. Look, if there's one thing I've I've learned the hard way, it's that food like that doesn't travel very well. And I know this because on my return from... He had a nail of sandwich sent to him. (laughs) almost (laughs) on my return trip um from vegas years ago yet another trip when i left my wife at home um i was at the airport in miami no chicago sorry i was having my stopover and there was a uh, dunkin donuts shop so i thought it'd be a good idea to uh pick some up for my wife being a big fan of dunkin donuts and um by the time i actually got it to her you know, I don't know, 10 hours later or whatever. You'd they already eaten them all. Say, no, they just, just, bad, they just weren't, they just weren't just, good. Weren't good. It was just the whole hole. Here you go, yeah. yeah. Got your yeah. Donut hole. You can buy those separately. Um, do you think, Ryan, I mean, obviously you said that the menus aren't out yet, but um, do you think there might be a chance for a spring roll or two? I think we'll see some spring rolls. I think Dan will be, will be looking forward to the spring rolls. Now I've not, you know, confession, um, because I've not been um out really today, I have not been able to listen to the latest theme park trader. You you release them on Mondays. I need it released on Sunday, like um my friends at Disney Under released their episodes because then it means I can I can hear it on Sunday. But um I do know that there is um 
uh, shall we say a conversation uh, about spring rolls on the latest theme park trader? So um, it's mostly, it's mostly oh, Dan not listening to what I'm saying for 15 minutes. <laughs> well, Dan isn't here to defend himself, and to be fair. Even if Dan was here to defend defend himself, he wouldn't actually be saying anything. He <laughs> never does when I'm on a podcast. Um, I've got a story which I thought was interesting. Ooh. I know. Um, on, have you? Who hands up? Hands up. Who knows who Tom Fletcher is? Yes. McFry. McFry. Um, yes. As uh, I, I figured, Mr. D might not know, but I thought the the two younglings might. Um, so Tom Fletcher is a member of McFly. He's uh, a very prolific songwriter. He used to write for uh, Busted. Oh yeah, why were even a thing? Um, and so uh, yeah, he's he's done all sorts. I went, I actually saw about five years ago, maybe now. Um, he he did a, a musical uh, about one of his kids' books. What the dinosaur that pooped a planet? I wish, <laughs> if only. No, it was the Christmasaurus. Ah, uh, yes, the Christmasaurus, which my daughter was very, very into at the time. So we went to see uh, a, a musical version of that. But um, yeah, you know, he's a songwriter and uh, you know, juice and everything. Um, but he um, he revealed last week that um, he's written a song. He was asked by Disney to write a song for the Illuminate show at Shanghai Disneyland. So he, uh, you know, his song is now being played during the the new nighttime spectacular, which, you know, similar to Dreams or Illuminations in Paris, or obviously... Um... Wishes. No, Wishes didn't have it, did it? <laughs> Stop saying Wishes. What was What's it called now? <laughs> Once upon a dream, happily ever after. after. Happily ever after. after. Um, so yeah, that at Magic Kingdom, um, it's a projection map show with fireworks. Um, but yeah, so he's got a song now. I've, you know, cards on the table. I've been trying to get Tom Fletcher on one of these podcasts for about, well, about eight years actually, and uh, and he's he's not taking me up on the offer. So I'm going to approach him again. Yeah, go for it. Now he's got something to plug that's yep. actually Disney related rather than just having him. Oh, mm. I initially asked him to come on because he's a massive Vinylmation fan. So back when that was still a thing, I thought that'd be uh, a good reason to, ha- to have him on. Mm. But so he's the other one. He, he's, he's got a much bigger collection than me mm-hmm. uh, as far as I understand. So yeah, but I mean, I thought that was impressive because, you know, not many people get to uh, get asked to write songs, especially, you know, normally they're, they're done in house, aren't they? Yeah. So they have started a little bit like that because Jordan Fish has done a couple, hasn't he? Who? Unfortunately, Fisher, yeah. yeah, he did. He's done the song for Happily Ever After. Um, I also think he was involved in the Disneyland Pride. Okay, the latest one. Um, but yeah, he's done a done a few bits and pieces. But he, weirdly, he's got another connection to Disney. He, he played one of the characters in Hamilton for about a week. On stage, and then quit. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Why would Didn't, you do it? Wasn't in it for long? Why would I don't you do it know. We can quit because I mean, you don't just start. It's not like working in ASDA no. or other supermarkets. You know, you train to do Hamilton. You learn all the songs and stage direction. Yeah, that is. Uh, and it worked with it worked with Lynn as well. They did a a version of "You're Welcome." 
okay yeah um, i know the version you're talking about yeah so he's he's got quite a few links to to disney along the way i know so, that yeah, version he's... because it's on the soundtrack album which yeah. i used having to listen to a lot in the car yeah. back in the day um another little thing that i wanted to talk about because um well by the time you listen to this episode discover dlp would have been out for a few days to celebrate disneyland paris's 29th anniversary um is that they announced today that carl's road trip will be ready to go when the park opens will be shit that is not <laughs> what what did i tell you at the top of this show right we've got lots of people know, listening but... for the first time you know no, i want people to think you... we're professional and good at it i know we're not but you know I that. Believe that. that's my professional opinion yeah. <laughs> yeah to be fair that is towing that is towing the line when it comes to this i made in the line um yeah. yeah i mean look it's i i i've not seen anything of it yet to make me suggest like believe it's going to be anything better than what we had before i think if anything it's gonna be worse so I'd like to be surprised, and I'm a, you know, I, I was a big fan of the tram tour, even though it was awful. I was always a fan of it. So it was cheesy, was what it was. Yeah, which made it enjoyable. Still, I just love that London set so much from the film that no one here has ever seen. Actually, I think Mr. D said you saw it, didn't you? I've you seen saw Rain it. of Fire. You see Rain of Fire? I've seen Rain yeah. of Fire. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. It was a long time ago. Yeah, is that Matthew Mahogany? Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Christian Bale. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Christian Bale, the um the voting closes tonight for our next Patreon episode. And when I last checked, uh, Newsies was in the lead, which is an early Christian Bale film. Yeah. Ooh, cool. So yeah, I've heard good things about it. So if it wins, I'm I'm. Ooh keen to see it but uh, very much is popular though it was it was used wasn't it for california adventure for quite a while oh did they have a yeah do they have like a a a kind of like condensed version of the stage show i think it used to be like um a streetmosphere performance like they'd get off the red red trolley and they'd sing some of the songs from it oh there you go Um, before we move away, was there anything else in the parts we hadn't talked about that we need to talk about? Yo, yo. Oh, I was oh, just going to say, oh, uh, one, one last thing on the Cars road trip. Yeah. is that At least there's one good thing that happens from the attraction is you get to see one of the characters set on fire. Uh, we don't know that for sure. They may have removed the effect because, I mean, otherwise that will be a little bit crazy, won't it? Oh, a living, a living vehicle on fire that's a bit cruel but we'll see go on mr d okay um i got uh i got a two for one i think um so trader sam he's gone from the jungle cruise yes so they've actually started the re-theming so it'll be interesting to see whether trader sam comes back and some other guys, obviously Disney have already said that they're going to look at how natives are portrayed within the raid. So there's a piece of piece of work being done there, but it doesn't mean that Trader Sam wouldn't come back. And then if he doesn't come back, though, what does that mean for like the lounges? You know? Well, no, he's not going to come back. It'll be The Rock when they mm. reopen it. Yeah. Oh, no. But you got Trader Sam's, who's quite a, a staple. And the name doesn't mean anything if he isn't in the raid anymore. So my, my money is that he will come back in some guise, but it'll be a more 
you know, it'll be, uh, I don't know, it'll be a different representation of Trader Sam. I never associated Trader Sam's, the lounge bars, with Trader Sam, the character in Jungle Cruise. And that's on me for mm. only being on the Jungle Cruise twice and not right. really putting two and two together. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. I don't think... I, I think that could quite easily live on without the, the connection to the writer. It, it could, but it's it, it's not really the way Disney have done things, is it? I mean, it's all about the theming and the backstory and all of that. And they've certainly rewritten backstories before, so creating a new a new kind of rule for Trader Sam and the ride and then, um, you know, tying that to the bars be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see if Trader Sam is a character in the film. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I wonder whether there's a new version that it'll be so, based on from the film. Yeah. I've heard. I've heard that he is in the film. Right. What the actual Trader Sam or a character called Trader Sam? A character called Trader Sam. That's where the trigger's gone. He's in the film. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Couldn't use a real person, so we're just going to put the yeah. animatronic in there. Absolutely. Uh, Why not? Pandemic yeah. Sam. And then my last, my my second one. Buy one, get one free. My second one was the last barges in place for Harmonious, and boy, are they big. Wow. Those are huge. I just want to know what they're going to be used for. The Stargate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the Stargate's there, but what are they going to put on the barges? Well, they're saying, they're saying they're going to have a like a, a water spray, but they're huge. I mean, be, uh, it'd be some massive pumps you would need to to completely hide those things that's what I mean. running all day so don't know mm. hopefully well, it's a fantastic show because the barges don't look that attractive bit of an eyesore in the lake but uh, and that's the difference between what we was talking about earlier about the food and wine festivals and all the other festivals and this mm. is that that is a real eyesore that is taking up uh, you know a lot of the or, or kind of um changing the view of things i don't i don't find the the booths at the festivals do have that have that same impact no no i don't think so i think people accept the booths yeah i, I think that the booths actually certainly there's some empty spaces within like in the gap between future world and world showcase that i think the booths fill in quite nicely hmm. yeah it's just, just the scrap festivals. Just put food trucks in. I mean, it's basically what they are, anyway, isn't it? It's what they've, it's what they've done in like the studios in Disneyland Paris, and it's worked out pretty well. So, yeah. Um, anything else from anyone else? Yeah, I well, I mean, we have... one oh. last thing. Go for it, P Dubs. Uh, the uh, the unveiling by Josh tomorrow of mm. a working lightsaber. I don't want to talk about this, and I'll tell you why. Because I cannot get my head around the fact that thousands of people were on this call and were told not to film it. And for that reason, there's no footage of this lightsaber. Somebody out there had to have recorded it. I don't buy for a second that they haven't, unless the only people on that call were bloggers who don't know how journalism works. But I, 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 all I, yeah. all I hear is people going, "Oh, it's amazing!" Well, where there's, is it then? Where's Piers Morgan when you need him? Yeah, 
<laughs> but it wasn't um, just a lightsaber, no was it? It wasn't just a lightsaber. That's what everybody's losing their beans about. But there was a, a walking baby Groot as well. Yes, there was a walking Groot as well. So I, I heard about this, and I'm look, I'm, I'm still happy about it, but I don't care quite as much about this as I do a real lightsaber. Because let's be honest, we've all been waiting for a proper lightsaber since 1977, right? Um, well, not not exactly that amount of time for all of us who weren't bought. But um, this walking baby group thing, is this going to be like we had with Muppet Labs? Where it's going to be a character that's going to just be out walking about? I guess it's, it's also going to be irrelevant when the next movie comes out. Well, it's already irrelevant. I was going to say, it's already well irrelevant anyway. Baby yeah, group think... hasn't been seen since Guardians 2. But I think it's more a demonstration of the technology and mm. it's a walking it's not a character in a suit it's a it's a walking robot android we all know what it's practiced for don't we they'll just put it in a baby baby Yoda. yeah 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 it's going to be grogu i um i wonder if it's going to be well i suppose they could they could have it at epcot i was going to say i wonder if it'll be part of avengers campus when mm. that opens yeah like there's stunt Spider-Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have both of those, please. Yeah. So if anyone's certainly... got the footage, get in touch with us. I don't want to get in... Don't get in touch if you've seen it when you was on the call, but you you haven't got anything to show us. I'm not... I don't, I don't want a description of it. I don't want to know what colour shirt he was wearing or anything like that or what colour the lightsaber was. I just want to see this lightsaber to know how impressed with it I should actually be. They're definitely saving it for the hotel, aren't they? Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah, yeah. it'll be it'll be involved in, in that hotel in some way. They'll they'll give them to you for your your storyline and things like that. Yeah, but yeah, we part of the experience and you hand it back at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I won't be. <laughs> if you just don't pay, pay your bill. Just pay the fine. It's, yeah. yeah. If you don't pay your bill, you get taken in a room. Yeah, but it all depends on how it works, doesn't it? Because if it's not going to work, you know, it could be one of those pointless things. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? I mean, if, I mean you're not interested if it doesn't actually chop your head off. Exactly. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. My name is Mr. Burns. <laughs> Excellent. All right, well, let's have a quick look then. In a, in a show that I thought, oh, there's not much news to talk about. Um, let's go and have a look at what's going on uh, outside the parks. Let's get down to business to start planning that Disney trip. I'm Wendy Prater and Magical Journeys Travel here, proud sponsor of the Disney Parks and Beyond podcast. I specialize in all things Disney, Universal, and all major cruise lines. Disney cruises are spectacular, but you've got to book early to get the best pricing and stateroom selection. I offer generous onboard credits and take care of all your planning. Interested in Disney World, Disneyland, or Disneyland Paris? I can help with every bit of the planning process, including dining and fast passes. Find me on the Twitters at WP Magic Journeys or email me at Wendy Prater at MagicalJourneysTravel.com. I make the plans, you make the memories. So, um, I mean, we are now, what, over halfway through? Yeah, we are. We're over halfway through the Falcon and Winter Soldier. 
Yep. There's only six, isn't there? Yep. That's what, exactly. So we're, we just yep. had episode four as of recall. Mm. Um, so we're we're over the halfway stage. Um, I'll. I don't want to go into spoiler territory because I know some people are waiting for the whole lot to be released for them to to binge watch. Uh, but I've got to say, four episodes in, I'm still not that excited by it. I would say the fourth episode has been my favourite episode, but it's still not grabbed me in the way that WandaVision had by the same point in time. I I would say I'm really enjoying the series, but I still don't care about Bucky and Falcon. Like, yeah, it's been this. I mean, I don't know, I don't really want to mention names, but a, a certain villain who has made a return has been absolutely incredible. You can say Zemo, and I say that because he was in the trailers. So, okay, yeah, so Zemo was announced at the same time as the series. Yeah, if you, if you don't know about been, that, sod that, yeah. you know, that's on Zemo's yeah. been absolutely incredible. Yep. I mean, I like, and, I like the actor yeah. anyway, but yeah, same. The way they've they've fleshed out the character has been has been great, but uh, yeah, I think I think that's my biggest problem with it is that we're four episodes in, and I still feel the same way about Falcon and Winter Soldier as I did before the series started. I was really hoping um, that you know after the first few episodes, I'd have seen them in a different light. But instead, I see them exactly as I did before this series started, which, uh, you know, basically two of the side Avengers that I don't really care for. Which is exactly how I felt about WandaVision. I'm still not a fan of either of those characters. Yeah, that's interesting. See, I thought they did. How dare you, sir? (laughs) It's such a good job, Sinead's not here. They're just like, nah, I'm really not bothered. And it's the same with these two. They don't. They don't need films. They're exactly where they belong in TV shows. Mm. And I guess that's why they were chosen as the first ones to, to have it. I mean, I, I'm with Ryan. I, I, I think the one thing that WandaVision did really well um, with me is making those two characters in particular really fleshed out, and they felt very much like side characters where they had grown once you got to spend time with them. Yeah. Whilst here, I just do not feel that. Yeah, I think this one, this this series is more about what it's setting up and what what the story means. Um, I think the the storyline itself is very telling. Um, in this day and age, uh, it's very much about how people are perceived. Um. And and for me, that's that's a far stronger storyline than than anything Wanda gave us because it was inconsequential what happened with with Wanda and and Vision. Um, you could take that out and it wouldn't mean anything. Whereas this, I think, is setting up the long run again. It's not though, is it? Because we've got two episodes left. Yeah, but it's it's setting up what's to come. Whereas Wanda Vision, I don't feel feel did. And I, I think the problem, what what was good about WandaVision and what everyone's complained about pretty much since is the fact that that was nine episodes and it was a limited series and it does appear completely done. Yeah. 
And to be fair, it did kind of put a nice bow on everything. Whilst Kevin Feige is quite happily talking about a second season of this. So whilst it hasn't announced it, we know we've got two episodes left. And because they're going, yeah, we might get a second season of this already. I feel that this is going to either end on a cliffhanger or it's going to just be unresolved. I think we all know how it's going to end. I think it's going to end exactly how we expect it to end. Yeah. Um, which is what, I mean, to be fair, I I have enjoyed it so far and I've enjoyed it a lot more than, you know, I went into it thinking it was going to be rubbish because I don't like either character. Um, but I have enjoyed it so far and I am looking forward to watching episodes five and six, I have to say. Um, but it for me, it's, it's the supporting cast and bringing back some of the old um, people that we've not seen in some time in some cases that I've enjoyed more. Yeah. Um, and I do think the best parts of the show are the, the, the bit of banter between Bucky and Falcon. But other than that, like, if, if something horrendous was to happen to one of them, like, I really wouldn't care. See, my big bugbear so far, and I've, I've said it, we've reviewed every episode on Biff Palbam so far. Um, my big bugbear was that they set up the whole family storyline, and at the moment, it feels like <laughs> it wasn't even worth doing that. And I know why they've done it. Um, but yeah, it was it was there to make you care about the characters, and then just completely ignored it for the most part. <laughs> and there's this and there's this kind of racism angle in it, which yeah. would be really interesting. But again, it feels like it's it's almost there to tick a box rather than. I'm not. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying the show should be focused solely on that arc, but it feels very shoehorned in. As if, yeah, we we need to put we we feel we should be putting something in here about this. I don't think it's explored enough. The but, other big thing is um, the apparently we can't see a Lizzie McGuire reboot because it's got too many adult themes, and we couldn't have Love Victor on Disney Plus. Obviously, style is fine, but Disney Plus we couldn't have it. But yet we can we can have. I'm not going to spoil the scene, but quite a violent. I mean, probably arguably one of the most violent Marvel scenes we've seen right in front of you on Disney Plus. Yeah. But no, 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 we can't have a 30-year-old Lizzie McGuire talking about sex. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I can't really add to that. Um, but I think the other thing as well is, I and maybe this is my expectation more than anything else, which is always a problem when it, you have any anything Marvel, is I think you, your brain starts to go into overdrive about what you might be getting. And then when you don't get it, you're a bit disappointed. But... You said about the banter between Falcon and Winter Soldier, and there has been some, and there's been a, you know some good lines and everything like that. But I think I was expecting more of a kind of I don't know, like a, a lethal weapon, forty eight hours yeah. kind of you know two two polar opposites having to work together to get something done. And I it, don't it does feel. feel- it's it's been I don't feel that angle's been been played enough as it as it could have been and not to not enough comedic effect either. Yeah, I think that I think that relationship has taken some ups and downs throughout the series. Mm, yeah, by the second episode, it was like they really really hated each other, uh, and I didn't see where that came from. No, I didn't. That was that's what I picked up with episode two on our, our review was that uh, certainly those those therapist scenes. 
in the, yeah. in the second episode were just like they really don't like each other. But then by the next episode, they were bouncing off each other again, which yeah, works far yeah. better. And like you say, there doesn't seem to be any, you know, the only the only reason I feel that there could be any any tension would have been why or, or when Captain America gave his shield to Falcon rather than to Bucky. But Bucky's reaction in that in that scene in he, he already knew, right? Yeah, right. in Endgame, yeah. He, he knew that was but what was what coming I mean. and he was quite happy to hand it over. And that's but that's what I mean. Right, so in Endgame, you're watching that scene, and he seems completely, you know, at ease, and also you kind of get the impression it was what he expected, and also what he believed was the right thing to do. Yeah. But then, so we we have that. But then, you you have this this weird tension, and you know, un, unless episode five or six shows us something that's happened post Endgame before this series started, where you know, there was a big miscommunication or there was a big fight or something. It just doesn't seem to be, you know, I'm sorry, him, you know, Falcon giving the shield into the museum yeah, doesn't seem to be enough of a reason as to why there's tension between those two. No. So there's going to be, you know, either there's something else or they've just, they've just written it without any explanation. Yeah, it does seem. It, I, that's the big thing that stood out to me. Is just, I just didn't understand why why these two like so against each other. They they <laughs> fought and saved the world together, you know, on a couple of occasions really, and I didn't get it. Yeah, yeah it's a don't shame. Get me wrong. It's it's been, certainly this latest episode, episode four. You can quite clearly see they have been affected by the pandemic because there's huge chunks of scenes missing. Mm. Um. And I, I said on the on the last review that I felt like this probably was meant to be a longer series. And because of what's happened, they've had to shorten it. I, I don't know if I agree with that. And the only reason I say that is because, yes, it's six episodes compared to WandaVision's nine, but each episode is also longer. Yeah. You know, but WandaVision's... that's what we said. We think they possibly filmed it. Or had planned for nine, mm. and then when they've not been able to film enough, right. they've then shortened it and extended the episode slightly. Okay, fit in what they got. Like mm. in the latest episode, there's there's one scene when one of the characters has a mask on within like ten seconds while jumping off a building. You and know, quite clearly, I, there's a huge chunk missing out of that scene. You know what? Actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because. I reround. I, I know what bit you're talking about, and I, I rewound it because I thought I was. I was doing that thing that, I, unfortunately, I've I've done with this a few times now, which is I've started to half watch it. Yeah. So I'm, I've got it on, and I'm listening to it, and I'm paying attention to what's being said, but I'm not completely focused on the actual action that's going on. And I'm watching this bit, and I'm thinking, have I just missed something? Because I'm sure I'm sure I was watching it. And I rewound it and I was like, no, I definitely was paying attention to it. So what the hell was that? Yeah, and there's, another, it just scene, of blue. there's another scene later on as well when it seems like a huge chunk of action is missing. Yeah. And you walk in like after it's happened. Yeah. And I was and, like, yeah. no, that's there's something missing there as well. And this is where it's really starting to show in these later episodes. 
Yeah, which is it's it's not boding well, is it? Um, so yeah, I'm it, you know it, it's 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 fine. It's still Marvel, and I'm, I'm glad to get new content, but it's just not it's not grabbed me in the way. And the thing is, I know that there are you know a lot of people that had no time for Wonder Vision at all. I mean, most of those people literally gave it ten minutes yeah. before giving up on it completely and missing the entire point of the show. Um, but there are other people that did stick with it or, or binge watched it afterwards and were like, yeah, it was all right, who are loving this this version of, of a Marvel TV series. But for me, it just feels like the film no one wanted. You know, if this, yeah, was re- if this had been released as a film instead of as a six-part miniseries, um, it, would, it wouldn't have done well at the box office. No, it would, it would have been Ant-Man levels. No, it would have been less than worse. Yeah. I, I I'm not sure. I think it probably would have, with with the backing that Marvel has, I think it probably would have hit those. Ant Man, Ant Man did about as well as Guardians of the Galaxy did. Yeah, the first one, and both of those are much bigger sequels because, you know, people kind of caught up on them afterwards. I just don't think people would have rushed out to to see these two in a film, and I think it's a shame because I think, you know, both Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan are, are good actors. Yeah. I just don't care for their characters. But we'll see. Hopefully by the end of it I'll I'll feel differently and then only a month or so to go before Loki, right? Yeah. So it works out it's about six weeks. Six weeks. And that looks fantastic as well. Exactly. So let's let's you know you know, who didn't want to see old man Owen Wilson? anything and and then i saw him on something else the other day and i was like oh so they really did age him up (laughs) properly oh they really still looks exactly the same as he always has done i just i just thought he just he just like not dyed his hair or something i don't think he looked that old i just thought his hair looked older that was all um was there anything else um outside of the parts you wanted to talk about nothing for me it's been a bit, been a bit quiet recently, hasn't it? Really, there's not been uh, not much going on. Uh, for I don't know if this is the same in the US, but um, Nomadland, which uh, won some awards last night, um, and the, the the director of Nomadland is she the director of the Eternals as well? Yes. Yeah. So um, yeah, Nomadland uh, won some uh, Baftas. Did I say Golden Globes? I meant Baftas. Um, won some BAFTAs yesterday for Best Director and um, Best Film, I think, as well. And that's uh, coming to Disney Plus, or Star, should I say, um, at the end of April. So and that's exciting. They, they recently added Bob's Burgers, which is a wonderful addition to Star. You know what? I I went through the first season of the Bob, Bob's Burgers and... I just it wasn't it wasn't gelling for me and it was really annoying for me to come to that conclusion because I like the cast oh I love it's such or, a great show I love I, it I, I mean I knew some of the cast before because obviously um Bob is John H Benjamin yeah from Archer right so I, I you know mm. I watched Archer when it first came out and really enjoyed him in that he pops up in a few films here and there and I like him, and obviously he uses the same voice for Arch as he does for Bob. But um, yeah, I just it, it it felt like do you know what it felt like? It felt like when I watched Superstore recently on Netflix, right? So I yeah. started to watch Superstore on Netflix, 
And Bob's Burgers to me felt the same as that, which is I could put it on and I could have it on as something in the background that was making noise. And occasionally I might find something funny in it. But it, it, there wasn't enough there to keep me properly entertained. So I, I don't know what I'm not getting with it. I mean, look, it's better than the Big Bang Theory. Right. It's, no, I, I get it. It's definitely one of those shows, I think. But yeah, I, I do, I do really enjoy it. I haven't. I will. I only got to like season three or four, so I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of giving it a rewatch. I'm still going through Family Guy at the minute, and then I'm going to move on to uh, Futurama, then Bob's Burgers, then American Dad. So there's, there's a lot on there for me to watch. Yeah, yeah, and that is one of the that is one of the good things. Um, and we also got um, dinosaurs in the UK. Yeah. Finally caught up with America and P Dubs. I think you said you'd watch some dinosaurs. Yeah, I watched probably watched about the half, first half of the first season. Um, kind of as you say, in the background while I was doing other stuff. Little one was watching it. He's eight and never seen any of it. And he sat there glued to it. And it actually some of the storylines were better than I remembered. Yeah, it's got an amazing uh, final episode. Yeah. Really, really impactful. Um but uh, yeah, I've not watched it since I was a kid because it's it's not really been repeated, despite what people will tell you um, yeah. in the UK <laughs> with licensing. But um, but yeah, it's on there. So if you if you missed it and were annoyed that it was on the UK one, it's on there. Um, and uh, I, I know they released some new trailers, but we've got Cruella and obviously Black Widow coming to Disney Premier Access soon haven't we i think Cruella comes out the end of may yeah um i haven't seen the latest trailer i I feel that when i've seen one trailer that's enough before i want to go and see a film um and i haven't watched the new black widow one for the for for similar reasons but um i think Cruella might be the first one i skip i'm gonna yeah i'm thinking for Cruella. i'm gonna wait until it actually releases on disney plus um i'm not paying 30 quid for that or 20 quid they clearly don't think a lot of it considering they've been sitting on it for two years Mm. no i don't agree with that because it was you know it was scheduled to come out last year and they did move it and if if they didn't feel that strongly about it they'd have probably dumped it on disney plus at the end of last year rather than waiting another another six months and and charging people for it And and i'll be honest what i've seen of it it does actually look quite good and interestingly, it's uh, it's a PG thirteen and a twelve A over here, which is the first live action. I think it's the first live action remake, or or, or you know, kind of film of that ilk that um, has been given such a strong rating. I don't think Mulan did. I'm sure it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, Mulan was quite. You know, I had some really good action scenes, but I think it was still a PG. But um, yeah, apparently it pushes the envelope a bit. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've got, but I actually do think it looks quite good, but it's just not enough for me to go down the, the premium access route. Um, and also, you know, by the time it does come out over over here at the end of May, there is a, a chance the cinemas might be reopened by that point. Yeah. So. You know, if that's the case, maybe I'll go and see it at the cinema instead. I don't know. This is the thing, like it comes out around the same time where in theory rules start to get relaxed over here and you can start seeing more people inside and it's 
it's just going to become a low priority like in particular for us there's lots of friends and family that i've only met piper once or twice in the last 12 months mm. so it's just it's just prioritizing no absolutely life. i absolutely i can i completely um i completely understand i mean black widow is a bit a bit different because that is the agree, yeah. 9th of july and it's a marvel film and yeah by that point the cinema should definitely be back open and i'd much rather see that the thing is i've got you know i've i've rewatched lots of marvel films at home obviously over the years and i've got no problem doing that but the first time i see one of those films i want to see it in the best situation i can just feel strange even considering watching it at home for the first time that's what i mean so yeah i, I hopefully hopefully by by the time that comes out we will have the cinemas reopen and if that's the case and i will be going to see that instead at the cinema um but yeah i mean the thing is i've i've paid for all the other premium access films so far so i I don't feel bad for skipping one do you know what i mean but yeah but hey you know if you if you're interested uh 28th of may i believe is is when corella comes out so there you go um right I, i think in that case we'll wrap this episode up Sound good to Sounds people. Good. Cool. All right. Well, thank you uh, both for joining. Mr. D um, had to to run off, so he sends his regards as well. Um, I believe because of what is uh, about to uh, happen in the the UK and also start to sort of become a thing again in the states, we are going to be doing a, a Disney cruise special for our next episode. So. Um, if that is something that you have done before or thought about doing and, and maybe you're considering because of these new smaller cruises that you know they're doing in the UK then um, have a listen to that Mr D is going to do another kind of uh, masterclass about um, about Disney cruising and how that goes so yeah that will be our next episode. So until we get back together, we will see you very soon. And thank you for listening. Cheerio. See you later. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.